they do. You don't know what they sacrifice. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. We are live on all socials, as well as coming to you on the America Out Loud network. As always, I'm your host, Greg Bolden, and we have Chris Michaels here with us tonight as well for a very special show with an awesome guest for everybody. I cannot wait to bring him up. Let's get Chris up to the stage first. Chris, how has your week been going, brother? Oh, man, if I could tell you, I've had to deal with feral cat feeders in my apartment complex and got into a complete curse out contest with this person yikes it was was something else i gotta deal with possums raccoons feral cats garbage new york (laughs) drama at its finest that sounds like a seinfeld episode i know so i asked myself what did i do to manifest this of all things Some kind of feral cat feeder that doesn't even live by me. She leaves bowls and bowls filled with cat food. Well, I don't even like cats. So what am I supposed to be taking from all this? Well, last week I was at my son's soccer game and I was yelling at the referee that it was a handball (laughs) and I'm slapping my wrist and now I have injured my wrist. So what did I manifest in my disdain for this referee in that moment? Well, I mean... Is that your dominant hand or no? It is. It's my dominant hand. I just got a uh, cortisone shot in it. So, oh, but I'm man. feeling great now. That was like Mon- uh, Tuesday. I had that done. So my, my can hand take a few is guesses. getting better. So Chris, yeah, this guest that we have tonight. Right. Awesome. Right. Over yeah. millions of people have watched his work and mm-hmm. I'm really excited to bring him up. He's talking about the law of attraction. Now, for those that aren't aware of what the law of attraction is, or whether this is some type of, you know, pseudoscience craziness, this is the concept that got me to where I am right now, right? I've talked about on my show before that I manifested my reality in order to have a national show. Uh, I knew, I just thought that that's exactly where things are going to be. I recorded my pilot and lo and behold, the next day, three different companies, networks reached out to me when I sent this pilot out saying, we'd like to have you on board. And so I've seen this work in my own life. It's basically these three laws of you attract, you can create, and you can allow. And so Robert Zink is going to be our guest tonight. Tell our audience a little about how you know Robert Zink and uh, bring him onto the show tonight. Well, Robert and I go back a long ways because I used to live out in Arizona and that's uh, that's pretty much where I met him. And he and I uh, have not necessarily worked on a couple of things, but he has assisted me with manifesting a few avenues down my life. And one of the things that we have to, and you said this perfectly, how do we get where we want to be? It's by allowing it. And it's by allowing ourselves to be okay with the situation that we're in to manifest what's really meant for us to experience. And Robert has really helped me, at least, understand all of that, because I still listen to his videos. I still listen to all of his YouTube stuff, even though we don't work on stuff that we did years and years ago. Um, and I think this week was perfect, perfect, perfect stuff. It had little, um, uh, little meditations along with it. So Robert has helped many, many people across the planet just empowering themselves, right? He's allowing them to empower themselves to 
experience the lifestyle that they really desire. So Robert, in my opinion, is an amplifier of your own will and your own energy. And for listeners here, as we bring him up in just a second, Law of Attraction Solutions is his YouTube page. So I want to make sure everybody goes over right now. Uh, not right now because you're watching the show. But as soon as this is over or if you can open up another tab, make sure you're subscribing to Law of Attraction Solutions uh, and help and support you know, what he does. And like I said, you're going to be with millions of other people. This guy is really awesome. So without further ado, Chris, let's yeah. bring Robert Zink to the stage. Robert, welcome to America Emboldened. <laughs> hey, this is great. I feel like I'm on the dating game or something, you know? Well, you might wind oh, yeah. up with Chris or you might wind up with me. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> Your wife might be upset about this. <laughs> oh, man. Robert, how's nice everything be going? Everything's going great. Excellent. Well, let's get straight into this because uh, I want to not talk a lot about politics whatsoever tonight. I want to get away from all politics for the audience to really talk about creating a better life for themselves. And you can explain this in very simplistic terms, but I will take can we one pause for a moment, Greg. Yeah. Not to get into politics, but there used to be a term that was pretty common in our society that we have cast to the wayside. We've, we've literally thrown it in the trash. And I think it's time to pick it out of the trash and shine it up and uh, make it part of American culture again. And that's called rugged individualism. Mm. Oh, he's an individual. How dare him? How dare you think about yourself first? But, you know, when you go on an airline, what do they tell you? If that mask falls, get it on yourself first. Yep. Now, I give more money to charity now in my life than I used to earn. That's rugged individualism. That's what rugged individualism has done in this country. And that's what it can continue to do. And the law of attraction, really, it's based on, as the late Bob Proctor used to say, the law of vibration. But the law of attraction teaches people how to have the inner skills to live a life of rugged individualism. I love that terminology because it goes right hand in hand with my libertarian beliefs, right? You've got to be able to take care of self first. And once self is taken care of, that's where the generosity starts to build out, right? We have uh, a country that was built off people donating, off people putting in their own labor of work in order to build up a community. It's the reason why, you know, I, I defend churches so much because when you look at what churches have done as far as contributions and charity in order to help feed, it's far more than any governments that are out there. And I think it's important to look at that's a libertarian principle. So this rugged individualism that you're talking about, the, the making sure that we first put that mask on before we can feed others, we've got to take care of ourselves. I love that. There's a beautiful way to phrase that. Absolutely. When I, I had a business, I had a uh, an organization that spanned the world. And, uh, you know, through my own misdeeds, mea culpa, uh, my own fault, 
I made mistakes in my personal life. I made mistakes in my relationships. And ultimately, uh, through a long slide, a long greased pole, I slid down to where I was living in a cheap hotel room, hmm. having had new cars, new home, boats, trips all over the world. And here I was in this cheap hotel room in Portland or Salem, Oregon, Portland, excuse me. Uh, okay. Close. Yep. And, uh, I remember it was Christmas Eve and everybody that was a part of my circle was angry at me. My kids, family, friends, I had no one. And, uh, I was like a leper, literally walking the streets, just looking at things because I didn't have any money. I literally survived week to week trying to scrounge up $250 for my rent for my hotel room. And there was a Polish church, Catholic uh, church nearby that I could walk to. And I would walk there and I would listen to the church service in Polish just because I wanted to be around people. And that Christmas Eve, I was in my hotel room. I was watching some old black and white Christmas show on the TV in the hotel room. And I became choked up, filled with emotion. I began to remember all the great Christmases of the past with big turkeys and family and friends. And here I was alone. And at that moment, I said an affirmation. And it wasn't a positive affirmation. I teach positive affirmations, but there are times for negative affirmations. I'll give you an example in a moment. But I said a negative affirmation, but I said it from my core, from my gut, that I would never be in this situation like this again. I would never allow myself to be here again if I could help it, if it was within my power as a human being. And little by little, from that moment on, everything began to shift in my life. Now, I hear people say, you need to say 10,000 affirmations and you need to say it over and over again and you need to be, and I'm not against saying 10,000 affirmations. But I think when you have that precipice moment, that moment when you say, things are going to change. Not, I hope they change. Not, I wish they would change. Things are now changing from this moment on. Boom, right now. They start to change. Now, I'd like to tell you the next morning, somebody came with a suitcase of cash, but they didn't. <laughs> I moved from there into a house, a trailer park, with an older lady, she rented me a room. And if it wasn't for her kindness of actually 
driving me, picking my stuff up, I wouldn't have been able to get to her place. So I moved there and I was there for about four months. And then I moved into my own small apartment. But that moment in time was the precipice. That was the moment that I was up against the cliff and either I was going to change or I was going to fall. Now, millions of people all over the world have had those kind of moments where they put down this pack of cigarettes and they said, that's it. I don't care what my body feels. I'm done smoking. Or they put down the alcohol or they walked away from the drugs or whatever it may be. Millions of people have had precipice moments. What's important to understand, those are the moments we need to create in our life. It doesn't mean that you have to be living in a hotel room. But you have to put yourself up against the wall from time to time and say, look, if I keep doing things the same way, nothing's going to change. I need to adopt new beliefs because new beliefs lead to new thoughts, new thoughts lead to new feelings and new feelings lead to new outcomes. So in a nutshell, that's a little uh, synopsis of my life, at least part of it. And it is also a synopsis of the law of attraction. I noticed that you changed your vocabulary when you had that negative, um, that negative, uh, I can't think of the word now. I've gone blank. <laughs> negative affirmation. Yeah. Affirmation. There you go. So what made you realize that you had to change your vocabulary in order to change your belief structure? Well, I don't think I had to change my vocabulary. I had to change my beliefs. My, my affirmation at that point was I will never spend another Christmas alone ever again. That was it. Mm -hmm. And in that affirmation was everything else that went along with it. So now when I have friends over for my Christmas party, I don't just serve them, you know, some cookies. We have turducken, you know, and we, <laughs> and in other words, within that, everything uh, uh, it was like a, you know, it was like a pinwheel, everything, uh, circumambulated it. In other words, the, all the other aspects of my life right. circumambulated that, but it was a negative affirmation in that sense. Now I, I choose to think in positive ways. And so from that moment on, I had to think positive that my life had changed. I was moving forward and that's it. Right. I was going to ask you, what's the difference between a negative and a positive affirmation? Well, a negative is, uh, let me give you a, a very timely negative affirmation that was said by the Jewish people after the Holocaust. Never again. Never again is a negative affirmation. It means... I won't allow this to happen to me again versus we will always be free. That would be a positive affirmation. We will always be free. We are always free people. That's a positive affirmation, but they chose to remind themselves 
never again. And Benjamin Netanyahu just the other day said, this is that never again moment. Right. So, and am I against negative affirmations? No, I think there are times you can use them when they're appropriate, but in my new book, Mm. you will not find any negative affirmations. You will find 1,111 magical affirmations. Very interesting number as well. I love it. 1111. Robert, for somebody like myself, I have struggled and I I think I'm going to represent the average person that's going to be listening to the show. I've struggled with, uh, finding myself in negative spaces uh, with having a podcast where I'm covering the news of the world, which is not always rosy and cheery. It's sensationalized. Uh, it is divided. We're completely in this divisive culture. We kind of started the show right there, talked about bringing back the individual uh, ruggedness, but we are collective, right? And this collectivism, it's really kind of a, this, this cancer to society at this point in time. And I find myself making comments that are pessimistic about our future. And I find myself feeling that energy as well. How does one, I don't want to be there, right? I I want to make sure we have great outcomes for my children to grow up in. How does one start to positively turn those thoughts and that energy around amid a populist culture that is telling you, don't be that way, be divided. Where do we begin? That's a good question. For me, I listen to specific news programs from time to time or commentary programs, but then I always come back to gratitude. Can you give me that off the wall over there, Rachel? I always come back to gratitude. And I focus my my mind. So I say to myself, okay, we have a lot of problems in our, in our society, in our country, but here are the things I am grateful for. And I focus on that gratitude because you can't have those negative thoughts and be grateful at the same time. And one of the things I have in my office, this is from the battle of Yorktown, the revolutionary war. And this is an actual now, this is a bullet that was, well, they didn't call them bullets. It, it was a little musket ball that was fired in the defense of freedom. And I remind myself that we each play, this is one little, one little musket ball. We each are little musket balls. And we each have to play our role. And we can't do that if we're focused on all of the negativity, I got out of the world series. I went to the world series last night and after I was coming out, there were thousands of people there protesting pro Palestinian protesters. So I just was grateful that they have the right to protest in a country that provides a um, a foundation of freedom. Now, whether they understand that or not, that's, I don't know, but I understand it. 
And so when I see protesters, I may not agree with them, but I can be grateful that they have the right to protest peacefully. The attitude of gratitude. Robert, you have no idea how well this ties to my show this week that I did on Monday. Oh, wow. And I'm, I'm, I'm blown away at the way the universe has just attracted this conversation without you and I ever, you've never listened to my show. So I know for a fact, you didn't hear any of that. Um, but we are completely connected with my show content from Monday right now. And the energy that I put out there about gratitude and finding ways to, to be connected in a more positive manner. And uh, that was completely accidental, but I love the fact that the universe is calling this together right now. Yeah, um, that's great. You know, we do a little thing in our house. We have a six-year-old. And so we say prayers before bedtime every night because I believe it's important for him to have a spiritual foundation. Whatever he chooses to path he chooses later on in life, that's his choice. And, and I'll support him on that. But for right now, I provide him basic prayers. And, and then at the end of our prayers, we say two or three little prayers, and then we each of us say what we're grateful for. And sometimes it's crazy little things, you know, I'm grateful that the Diamondbacks are in the World Series, you know, You're uh, rubbing it in here. My Phillies are home. <laughs> yeah, well, the Diamondbacks are home now, too. Yeah, so <laughs> that's true. But yeah. we find little things that we're grateful for. And that's, you see, these people that created this country with rugged individualism. These were people that would argue until there were until there was blood in their eyes. They would debate. They were harsh debaters. Uh, but they were always grateful for the for the new country that they had. They that was cornerstone in being grateful. It does work. Um, I remember in my late 20s and early 30s, I had nothing. And I mean nothing. It was a choice of whether or not I wanted to eat or put gas in my car so I can go to work on Monday. That's how bad that nothing was. And it was a real humbling experience because how can you get into a relationship in a situation like that? How could you have close friends? Well, you can have close friends, but you really can't interact on a social level as well as you thought you could. And you find out who's really supposed to be in your life and who really isn't. So your vibration completely shifts. And one of the ways that I got out of that was what you just said, just being grateful for anything. And I remember where I was living, it was, um, you know, I live in New York, but it's not anywhere near the city. But it was away from a lot of major highways. So I used to have all of these birds wake me up every morning, cardinals, blue jays, sparrows, everything. It was just a, a racket every day. And then I started to be grateful for that racket because it woke me up. And then it was a new day and it was a new opportunity. And having that mindset of saying, okay, I don't know what's going to be out there today, but I'm going to look for that opportunity everywhere I go. All of a sudden, I started to see and get more opportunities. And that's how I ended up in Arizona. I was just open to anything. And it completely changed my life by going out there. Great. So I like, I like birds. <laughs> yeah, but not the Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not the Cardinals. <laughs> no, I, I go walking uh, every morning 
And for two or three mornings in a row, I saw a cardinal just yeah. almost on the same bush every morning. So there are so they cardinals say that, that cardinals, uh, if you're going with spirit animals, it's yeah. somebody from your life that has passed on that's kind of giving you a message. What's the message? They didn't say anything. Well, I'm, maybe you weren't listening. You know, you, I had a, <laughs> I, I had a wild experience about, I don't know, it's, it's been a while now, so maybe 15, 16 years ago. My family dog that I had when I was in high school passed away. Mm-hmm. And the day after she passed away, I went over to my parents' house. It was my parents' dog. And all of a sudden, this tiny bird comes up to the front door, and they had a glass door in the front. And the bird just stared inside. And we started talking to it, and the bird's moving its head, looking at us. We opened the door, and the bird walked up to us and was letting us get right next to it, talking to us. And the dog's name was Kelsey. And I remember my mom saying, this is Kelsey. She's sending this bird to us, you know, to let us know she's okay. And I said, Kelsey, we're going to be okay. The bird, bam, took off and flew. Almost as if it just needed to hear it. So there is something that I've always felt connected with birds, um, that there's more to it. And, and Robert, you, you talk about kind of this, this ancient, uh, knowledge yes. that people have lost. What, what is that connection in nature? Because we're so distracted now. We don't look at the stars. We look at our phones. We're not looking at each other. We're not feeling each other's presence, the soul, whatever you want to call it. What is that ancient mystery? of that universe that people should reconnect with? What, what, what's the one thing you could maybe whittle that down to? That there is an invisible energy that permeates all life, all thought, all matter, and all non-matter from one end of the universe to the other. And this, this energy, a good friend of mine used to call it the force. Yoda. Yoda sits on my desk. Oh my God. You remind- guys, come yeah, on. That, where's yours at now? <laughs> I'm an adult. I don't have Yoda. <laughs> Baby Yoda looks after America and pulled into every show. <laughs> Yoda is a is a character that was held, uh, in part created by the late Joseph Campbell, mm-hmm. and who was a uh, the a great contributor to the mystical aspect of the whole nature of the Force in Star Wars. But bottom line is, there's this invisible energy. Now you can call it God, you can call it Source, you can call it life or light or angels. Uh, you can call it prana. You can call it chi. You can call it ki. Uh, you can call it organ if you'd like to. It has a lot of different names. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't have a name. And when you allow yourself to connect with this invisible energy through nature, through the ocean, through the trees, through the stars, through the sky. <laughs> through breath, through life, when you allow yourself to connect with this invisible energy, then this invisible energy, what you've done is you've awakened this energy 
that's already within you. And so one of the things that I teach that may be a little different than some uh, law of attraction teachers, I teach that you are co-creator of your reality. You create the life that you live in harmony with what the ancients would call the macroprosopis or the macrocosm, that which we cannot see, touch, feel, or hear, that which is outside of us. We represent the microcosm. So when I went to Jerusalem, in the holy sepulcher of Jerusalem, there is a stand and there is this black rock about this big and the rock is carved in an equal arm cross on the top of it. And it's sitting there. I don't know if it's glued or, you know, or what, but it's been there for centuries. And it represents the center of the universe. That's you. That's you. That's the symbol of you. And so arms stretched out. In other words, taking control and responsibility for the 3D world in which you live, but also the vertical line, which is you connecting to source energy. That's what the equal arm cross represents. And you're in the center. So some would call that the Christ consciousness. Okay. But that's you who creates your, your reality. Find out who creates your reality, get them some psychiatric help and your life will get better or take responsibility and say, I am co-creator of my reality. What I say, what I believe I achieve, I manifest. They ask you a question about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I often say to my students when I'm in the classroom that when they, I teach teenagers and they can be so self-conscious and I try to explain that it doesn't really matter what other people think about you, that it's a construct that's not a valid reality, that there's kind of three realities in the world. There's the reality of how people perceive you. There's the reality of how you perceive yourself. And then there is how you are. Um, in what you just mentioned about, you know, the outstretched, you're in the center, right? Every individual how do we get to know the concept of just how we are, not how we perceive ourselves to be, not the ego, but to really truly understand one as self. Is that part of positive language as well? I, I'm not sure. I think that's part of our, our, our journey because, okay. uh, you know, my wife and I are talking about, hiring somebody to, to, to build a bigger bookshelf. Cause we've got books laying all over the place. And so every book that is non even the fiction books, every book is, is really in part a person looking for trying to uncover a part of who they are and their, their full potential. Can you fully comprehend your potential in the human body? I don't think so but I think you can apprehend it. I think you can get an idea. I think it has to also do with the energy of the universe 
itself. I remember somebody saying that the energy of the universe is completely neutral. It's about your intentions and your feelings that behind those intentions are driving it. That your, your emotions and your feelings are the fuel for your actual intentions. So right. if you say, I want a new car, the universe affirms that and says, yes, you do want a new car. <laughs> Sometimes with disastrous so, consequences. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm dead serious. Yeah, right. So, I know. I remember. <laughs> yeah. I, I was having that and I manifested myself into a car accident. I've been joking about that, but I've been sincere that when my car, you know, went into the back of another car, like it was a freak accident. I could see it. I couldn't stop the vehicle. Um, and so in my mind, I manifested myself into a horrible situation. It's also funny that you say that, Chris, because if you look back here, do you see what's there? A okay. little tiny Yoda. No, it's a car. It's a Tesla. <laughs> it's a Tesla Cybertruck. Because why? And it's not on fire. Because <laughs> part of what I do, it's not on fire, right? But part of what I do, this is one of my things I'd like to manifest into my reality. So it actually sits behind the scenes on every single show. It's behind my shoulder. So I look at it all the time to remind myself that's one of the things that I'd like to manifest. I think this is such a cool little invention. Whatever you think about Elon Musk, that's neither here nor there. I like Elon, but let, I let think me this just is really say, cool. Let me just say this. Rather than like to manifest it, right? why not get yourself into that state where you say, I have manifested it. It's mine. Right. It's mine. It's going when, it's when, when it's out, it's this mine. This is my car. I've already seen it in my driveway. It's in my driveway. Yep. I'm going to be enjoying this car for the next 10 years and until Elon comes out with a, you know, a meat wagon or something like that. You know, something made out of meat that you can drive in. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. Who knows? Oh, God. Come on. <laughs> but, but, yeah. So, I, I like doing those, those, those uh, it's, it's what they call a vision board concept. So, as you look at that, but you want an affirmation. 1,111 magical affirmations. You want an affirmation to go along with that. How much you enjoy that new car. And what does it really represent? Does it represent freedom? Does it represent, you know, so find out the core, core of what it represents and then focus on manifesting and affirming that energy because that's the energy that attracts the car. Right. So that's what I was going to say with my example. You know, I want a new car. The universe says, yes, you do want a new car. So yeah. you have to say, I already have the car. And the universe says, yes, you already have that car. So, Robert, tell us about this book. What's in it? What inspired you to write it? And where well, can we get it? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're actually going to be it? making, uh, it's going to be part of a series. It'll be on Amazon and uh, Barnes and Noble and other places like that. Uh, and, uh, but it's going to be part of a series of books. This one is 1,111 magical affirmations. And it's just filled. You take a topic like, uh, here is, um, attracting your perfect relationship or marriage. And it gives you a chapter on attracting your perfect relationship or marriage. And then it gives you a number of affirmations to work with it, attracting your soulmate love and relationships, self-empowerment, and it goes on and on and on. And then the next book that will be coming out, hopefully by February, will be 1,111 Magical Love Affirmations because 
Rachel and I believe that the most important factor that is missing from today's world is love. There's plenty of sex. There's plenty of hangouts. There's plenty of me twos and we threes and everything else, but there's not a lot of love going around. And, and there are people that still want to feel a love relationship. And then after that, we will have 1,100 and 11 magical money and success affirmations. So it's part of a part of a, a threesome of books. And this is the first one. <laughs> it's not lost on me that you're talking about love and you got away from sex and you call it a threesome at the end, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to keep brevity and humor in all this. <laughs> um, Robert, we talked at the beginning of the show and I want to be mindful of time too, because I know you're uh, you're on a schedule today or time with you here. Um, one of my concerns that I have right now with, you know, you've mentioned you were in Jerusalem, obviously, um, what's happening over there right now is just absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, when you think about the human toll, uh, of lives that are innocent lives in the midst of these efforts, yeah. there are many people on social media that almost seem to be cheering on world war three over and over again. Uh, we had the United States apparently has designed a brand new nuclear bomb that is unfathomably larger than the bomb they dropped on Hiroshima. Uh, and you have people that are like, you know, will they use this? Which is completely irresponsible. You have countries that are now declaring war against Israel. Uh, and meanwhile, our media is staying silent, but these people are going, well, look, World War III starting in the United States and Israel, they're, they're the people that they're going to war against. Mm -hmm. What can we do in what we're putting out there to stop the train of thought that will lead to World War III through the affirmation, through the manifestation. Because I, I, I think that we could have a very important uh, responsibility in our own energy that we're sending out there right now. But I'm curious what you would recommend. Right. Okay, so I'm not going to give you my political beliefs on this or a political answer. I'm just going to give you an, an kind of a vibrational answer, if, if you will. Stephen Covey, in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he says, there is the circle of concern, and then there's the circle of influence. You need to focus on the circle of influence. Too many people are getting riled up about the circle of concern, but there's nothing they can do about it directly. But what you can do is you can spread a little bit more peace and love and communication with the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker in your own community, in your own life. And we all take responsibility for, that's rugged individualism again. If we all take responsibility for our journey, then the social journey of our planet and the people on it will start to get better. Hmm. Chris, what do you think of that? I think it's a good idea. And I think you can have groups of rugged individuals. Yeah. I also think that through the mainstream media, constantly piping in this gloom and doom scenario it is in its own way affirming for a lot of people that don't have discernment that they can't see the nonsense that these people and these vested interests want to perpetrate throughout the world so if we're able to be rugged individuals and critical thinkers and high flyers and lovable fuzzballs then I think we can change our circle of influence to create groups of rugged individuals that can ultimately make a better life for us. 
Right. I think you can be loving. I think you can be caring. I think you can be open. And I think you can still be, have lines drawn in the sand as to what you allow to happen in your, in your, in your neighborhood, in your society, in your culture. And you can take action in your circle of, uh, not your circle of concern, but your Influence. inner circle, yeah. you know, your, your personal circle where you, wherever you can make a difference, maybe the, and one of the beautiful examples of that, and then I've got to run is that people are getting involved uh, in school boards. They're running for political offices. They're taking it up to get involved and that's good. Let's not get involved out of anger though. Let's bring a proactive approach to what we are manifesting. Mm. That's, that's awesome. Uh, Robert, where can people uh, start following more of your work? Uh, where can they find? Uh, well, you they can online? always visit our website at law of attraction solutions. We are at law of attraction solutions on Instagram as well. And we are on uh, YouTube, massive huh? YouTube, YouTube. Yeah, we're on YouTube, Law of Attraction Solutions there. And, of course, we're on iTunes and uh, Spotify with our podcast as well. So we're all over the place. Law of Attraction Solutions, or you can just type in my name, Robert Zenk, and it usually comes up. Excellent. Well, Robert, this has been uh, phenomenal. I, I I feel like we didn't get enough time to cover everything that I wanted to. Would you be willing to come back in the future and kind of continue the conversation? Sure. Excellent. Absolutely. That That'd be great for the, uh, the, the listening audience, uh, Robert, we, we wish you well on behalf of the bold American family that listens to this around the world. Uh, thank you for taking some time with us today. Uh, Chris and I are going to continue the conversation, but we can't wait to get you back. Well, thank you. And I do appreciate it. And I appreciate the good work that you're doing. Thank you, Robert. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye. Wow. Chris, that was, uh, that was deep in some spots where I just loved his stories uh, yeah. Talking about the hotel room and finding himself down and uh, realizing that things were going to change, right? And then things began to change. Right. Put his foot down. Said enough. Yeah. We all have to do that, I think, from time to time in our life. We're, we, not enough of us are doing that in our life. No. And a lot of us get lazy. Like we, yeah. we get stuck, not necessarily stuck, but we feel as though that we can do better but we don't do better because we know what the day to day routine is and to do better and to get into a different situation requires a lot of uncomfortable situations. And there is a certain laziness to all of that where it's, it's a lot of work sometimes. And there's a lot of fear involved. Like let's say you want to, I don't know, get a better job or live in a different place. I mean, there's a lot of fear that goes into that and you go, I don't know if I can do this. I'm not going to do it alone. I mean, I did that with Arizona. I didn't know a soul, and I moved out there. Hmm. Um, and then I came back, and then everything changed when I moved back. All my friends were different. They all had kids, or they all moved away. So it was almost like I came back home, but it wasn't really home anymore. <laughs> it's, it's funny how that works. Yeah. Well, look, Chris, why don't we take a break here and go to an intermission sure. for our audience online? We're going to continue live here in just a few moments. Uh, for those that are listening on the America Out Loud Network here on Friday, uh, I'm glad that you're here. I hope that you, you've really found this conversation uh, fruitful. I'll just tell everybody, uh, if you're listening on the America Out Loud Network, make sure you go over to americaoutloud.store. Check out all the sponsors there. 
Uh, and even if you're not listening that way, the network could use your support because they put great support into my show over the last year, getting me out to hundreds of thousands of people. So I am very appreciative of that. Uh, so you can go to America out loud news where you can check that out. My colleagues work as well as there's a 24 seven America out loud talk radio network that you can find that. And you guys have helped make America emboldened one of the top 5% shows in the country, not just the country in the world. Uh, it's a global ranking. I saw that I finally reached the 5% which means out of 3 million and some podcasts that are out there, we're in like the top 150,000, which pinch me. That sounds absolutely phenomenal. I was shocked to discover that. So thank you sincerely for helping to bring that show uh, or this show uh, to fruition for, and we hope that you're enjoying the, the live content that we're providing now throughout the week with Chris Michaels, myself, as well as the solo stuff that I'm doing and all the different guests. Uh, so make sure that you're checking in there. We're going to hit a quick break here, but when we come back, we're going to recap the week as Chris Michaels and I always do, and we'll try to keep it as positive as possible and not fall ourselves into, uh, what you just heard, uh, Robert tell us not to fall into. All right, but you're watching America Emboldened or listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels here on the America Out Loud Network, as well as all socials. We'll be right back. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Live here on America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels on this lovely Friday. We just had a phenomenal conversation first half of the show with Robert uh, Zink. Robert Zink from Law of Attraction Solutions. Uh, if you're watching live right now, just go ahead and wait for this to drop on all the different platforms and rewind and make sure you go and watch that because, man, that was absolutely phenomenal. I really needed that conversation, Chris, here on this uh, Thursday night or Friday as people are listening to it. Um, 
that was that was great. What a what an awesome individual. Thank you for recommending him to uh, come on. That, that was great. Oh yeah, he's actually turned into a dear friend of mine. So we have conversations on the phone often, and um, you know he's he can get very very funny and very uh, biting with his humor. So I think it's great. Yeah, you know he's got that two sides to him. Well, I think we all do, right? Like, oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you've heard me off, Mike. You've heard Ooh. me uh, outside of my show, and uh, you know, it's I definitely have a filter with my PG rating. <laughs> got that mic guard on there. <laughs> I do. They want to pop any peas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So it's interesting though about the idea of this 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 manifesting, mm-hmm. because we all go through these moments. I remember for me. Uh, a really, really dark moment that I had. I, I've never been su- suicidal, but so that that doesn't even cross my mind. Uh, but I don't think I want to come back to this planet, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was running my own business, having a really, really difficult time. I had a horrible year. It was New Year's Eve, and I was an executive recruiter, so I finally hired somebody. And it, they went to a big-time accounting firm. And so I went, you know what? I did it. I survived despite this business, not because of it. And I'm not going to think about this. I'm going to take two weeks off. Finally got a commission out of the deal. And I'm, I'm just going to relax. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm just not going to do anything. I get a call on New Year's Eve that the guy ended up trying to use his offer that I got him as a bargaining chip with his current firm. And that they were not going to accept him. And so they're going to rescind the, um, the offer. And at that point, I was like, I, I can't do anything else. I've done all I possibly could. And the universe is still saying no. It's still taking this away from me. And I remember the next day after that, I still went in that same direction. I just went, I'm not looking at this stuff anymore. I can't do any more of this it, it, because I'm driving myself nuts. And I had made myself lunch. And... I remember dropping that lunch all over the floor. And for some reason, that moment was the bottom for me. Mm. It was, I can't even eat. The universe wouldn't even let me eat. That's how bad this has gotten. Right. Like, it took money away from me the day before. And now, I can't even put food in my mouth. It was a very dark moment. And then that, once I had that moment and I said a few expletives, things started to turn around very slowly and I started to get myself out of that situation. I've been in some pretty dark places in my life and I don't talk about this on the show. So this is going to be vulnerable. Premier. I I just, I don't go there because it's a... it's part of my life that, um, you know, it's, it's twofold one, you know, no one wants to hear, uh, from me about how bad things are and then have their own bad things. So I try not to, to get into that of where my past was until I'm not there anymore. And the past doesn't exist anymore. Right. Right. Just in a present moment. But as far as understanding manifestation and kind of understanding those powers, um, I think just of my world travels, uh, and being in different places and then finding those little coincidences where I'm looking to be comfortable in that area. And all of a sudden, like somebody that I meet 
knows a good friend that I know. And it's almost as if I've manifested comfort in a foreign place. Um, and I, I've always paid attention to that. And this goes back even to when I had my first job. Um, my first job in 2001 was teaching at a Catholic grade school. And I was only making $22,000 a year. Now, 22000 even in 2001, did not get you too far, as you know. And I uh, ended up moving out on my own and having to sell guitars and equipment. Like, I have... I have a lot of guitars, but I used to have a ton of guitars. That was like what I purchased with my money from college uh, when I was working my job outside of raising money for my college funding. Uh, all the extra money I'd spend on like Danny Electros and these little odds and ends. I had to sell all of those just in order to make ends meet. And just when I would think, I don't know where my next dollar is coming from, there would always be something that drew yeah. me back in. Or wanting to get a master's degree and then a job opening and finding out I could get the master's for free as part of right. the job. And so money has never been, while it's been an issue, it's not been an issue, if that makes any sense. It does. The world always provides, yeah. uh, finds a way. And I, I tell people, it may not provide in the way that you expected it to provide in, but I do understand now that as I've gotten into this abundance mindset of, you know, I have everything that I need and I can see the morrow that I have everything that I need, that not only does that build this sense of confidence into not having doubt or self-fulfilling failure, um, but it also positively puts you into that spot where I do believe that that happens. And I've seen it over and over again. I'm watching currently as my life has completely changed over the last year and a half. Um, and that's manifestation. It's, it's the hard work of waking up every day and choosing to have the gratitude for the life that's here, listing at least three things that I'm thankful for. So that way I don't go back to any negative spaces where I've been in my past. I don't want to go back to the pain. I've yeah, been in pain. Right. Pain's not fun. Let's yeah. be, you know, let's be good. Let's, let's be uh positive. Um, but it's not lost on me that what you and I do, uh, Monday through Friday is we immerse ourselves <laughs> in pain. Yes. By, by people that want to manifest a reality that is not the reality that you or I or the average American or anybody in this world really truly wants. And so I'm left with a question I didn't get to ask Robert, but I'm going to ask you. Are there individuals that are manifesting a reality that's going against the goodness of humanity? And there really are, are combatants uh, against uh, what could be good for the individual. Uh, do we see uh, groups of collectives? that are marching us and manifesting us towards evil, marching us towards uh, disinformation campaigns and discord. Uh, what is that? And uh, I would have liked to ask Robert, you know, who wins the manifestation battles? Uh, but what are you seeing? I think you're absolutely correct. I've been postulating this a little bit on my podcasts more recently about the idea that we're not necessarily facing a human intelligence. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean it's AI. and doesn't necessarily mean it's alien either, because you can also deal with interdimensionals. And I mean, just think of it this way. The human being consciously interacts with 0.05% of all known energy in the universe. There's a big problem with that. The human being is basically blind, one. Two, known energy. That means there's more energy out there that we may not be aware of. So to say that 
there isn't something manipulating events, or at least trying to take advantage of the human itself is very short-sighted. I mean, think about the human being. What is the human being really good at? Creating and almost being random. Think about going to a concert or people that go to concerts. They completely unleash themselves and they're completely different people at a concert. They're from what their day life is. And then you always have the idea of, I wish I could experience that moment all the time. I wish I could be that happy and loose and free and everything else. But instead, we got to go to a job. We got to be chained to a desk from nine to five. And we got to hear about some lady that feeds cats. So there is some kind of encroaching influence that is trying to limit the human potential and deaden the human vibration. And I think that vibration that really is beneficial to all of us is that what Robert brought up is the vibration of love and the idea that you can communicate with people in your neighborhood at a local level or people that you love or people that you can get along with. You can see eye to eye with them and you can actually communicate with them and you can actually be brought together on certain things. So you have this intelligence that is trying to create that discord, that is trying to manifest its own will. And how does it do that? It does it through the mainstream media, constantly regurgitating nonsense about how everybody's an enemy, how Russia is a Nazi, how the Ukrainians are Nazis, how Israelis are Nazis and Palestinians are not. Everybody's a Nazi, right? Say it enough times, it'll get through. But it's a manifestation ritual that these power elites want to create a new reality with. And luckily, there are people like us that can see through it. And it will, in our own way, we are magicians. Hmm. Wow. Uh, that kind of took a turn at the very end within our own way we're magicians, because I was actually kind of thinking about the illusions, as you were saying that, of what is a reality and the constructs of the illusions that people put in front of us. So you turn on your nightly news, depending on what channel you're watching, or uh, if you're on social media, depending on who the people that you are that you follow, there's going to be an illusion of what the facts and the truth are, uh, depending on what you subscribe to, right? If you are following uh, NPR versus you're following Al Jazeera, I'm guessing it's going to be wildly different coverage at the present moment uh, with the Middle East. If you are following um, nothing but people that work in Congress and senators versus uh, people that are philosophers, there's going to be a wildly different take on where humanity is headed. And so we find ourselves basically all living on farms, silos. Uh, some of us are being shipped in one silo and being fed the grain from here. Other us are down the road being fed a completely different set of grain. And as a result, us that are eating the grain are being fed spiritually. We're being fed uh, physically uh, with a nutrition that's powering our brains to think and speak a certain way. And when we find somebody that threatens our silo, well, we get turf wars. We get very upset about all that. And so this is all an illusion. At the end of the day, there needs to be truth. And I, I think that that's what I'm frustrated the most about where you, you, you always talk about this concept. And I came up last, uh, last week with our guest, you know, where are the, uh, the custodians of custodians society. of society, <laughs> right? Not the janitors of society, the custodians, <laughs> the custodians of society. <laughs> um, and that, that's a beautiful phrase because where is it? 
right? right. Where's the people that are team humanity amidst uh, what just happened over a pandemic amidst what's happening against with wars again, where's the common sense of where's the facts in all of this? Um, it's this hardening that that's what gets rewarded and seeing somebody like Robert Zink, um, have, you know, an, over a million people following his words and then hearing what he just said to us, that makes me feel a little bit better about it because at least I know there's somebody that has a nice message for people that is helping humanity that has influence. And that it's not just the people that are sowing discord for, for money and for views and likes and for maybe special interest groups like the Harry Sissons of the world. Oh, um, man. You know, but it, that, that's, that's what we're looking it's at. True. Like he has his silo, right? The Krasensteins, they have their silo. And I think it's important to, to understand that and see it. It doesn't make the Krasensteins horrible people. Although there's some that might argue that they are. Um, but I don't know that they understand what they're manifesting. I don't think they understand the magic that they're playing with. Or maybe they do. Mm. A lot of these people that become influencers or at certain levels, they are quite literally magicians. They know certain secrets because they are part of fraternal organizations. There's no way you're going to convince me otherwise. I mean, take mm. a look at Elon Musk. What is Elon Musk doing walking around in the armor of Satan for his Halloween costume? <laughs> right? He's telling you something. Take a look at Elon Musk's mother and all of the photo shoots that she does. Take a look at what Elon Musk's uh, father has said and his bizarre relationships. I mean, that comes from a certain level of initiation in certain groups that do know how to manifest and manipulate reality or try to. Now, you can also make an argument that you have this power elite in these very, very small groups and they're doing a ritual of some sort, and then all of a sudden what they try to manifest does come true by making, I don't know, a sacrifice or something like that. Is it that sacrifice that makes it come true, or is it the idea that they are in these circles that are a very, very minute clique within society that's very powerful, that here's the person's manifestation, I want to start up a solar company, and then all of a sudden they get everything handed to them. Like, there's an argument for that, too. Uh, uh you know, we've grown up over the last decade with TED Talks, right? Have you ever wondered how TED Talks find some of these individuals? Yes. Like, and the reason I bring that up is people will attack podcasters like you and I with, well, well, who are these individuals? <laughs> you know, my, my favorite one that I ever got is another white guy with a podcast. That, that was my <laughs> favorite thing that anyone ever said to me, but they, they dismiss the fact of a life experience. They dismiss the fact of the educational experience uh, of being able to look at the world in a, a different lens and what we can offer from that perspective. And not everybody can do what you and I do, right? Not everybody can just hop on a microphone and be able to talk about topics and go through, but yet, I'm curious about how people are selected to become the voice right. on various topics. And so I'm going to share with people a, a little secret today. I got a message oh. from a uh, very large PR firm that would like mm -hmm. me to work with them. Perfect. And uh, I'm going to torch that opportunity right now, Chris Michaels. And you're going to be like, this is career suicide. Why would you do that? Why would you do this? I know I would do this because I want to stay independent. 
but this is a uh, PR firm. I'm not going to say who they are because I don't believe in talking out of school. They took the time to write to me. I, I appreciate that. But they represent publications in Forbes, Yahoo News, TV interviews, TED Talks, getting guaranteed placement in front of people. And they wanted to help me grow so that way I could get paid to speak in engagements more and to help manage my brand. Now that sounds wonderful, right? And there's part of me that immediately wanted to respond back and go, yeah, what are you offering? Like, what can we do? And there's another part of me, Chris, that goes, if I truly believe in the message that I give every single day, that I want to be independent and that I want to grow what I've been doing for the last four and a half years. Um, and I want to grow it organically to the point where no one can say that they own America emboldened. They, no one can say they own me. I don't owe anybody anything for my growth, that it was simply because it truly was the spirit of people that found a message that reached out. Then I can't do this. I, I can't, take this offer. Or I can't go to a PR firm and all this because I'm pot committed at this point in time in knowing that I will be successful. I will grow the brand from 5% to 1%, the 0.01% because I already know that's going to happen in the future because I know that what I'm offering the people is truth. I'm getting interviews for people that's going to be helpful for them. And so are you. And so I'm curious when faced with uh, these people that are selected, why is it that those are the people that we're being told we should listen to and people are shouting that people like you and I are the individuals that should not be manifested into that reality? Good question. I would assume that if you were to join that PR firm, then you would be throttled about what you can and cannot say because you'd have to understand that the higher ups at whatever firm or agent that you're going to use Mm -hmm they have their own interests and it's essentially uh make sure you don't talk about this topic you can say negative things about it every once in a while but just don't say x right don't say the vaccines don't work don't say that the election was stolen don't say that um uh, there are nazis in the ukraine right if you were to join one of those firms you would not be able to more than likely say those things because that's where centralized messages come from. I mean, take a look at, uh, what's his name? Ben Shapiro, right? Ben Shapiro is this, you know, he's a lion of conservatism. Is he? Is he really? Because he's all about starting wars all over the place. Yeah. Look at Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson, oh, he's just a, philist, a conservative philosopher. He's brilliant in everything he says. And then he comes out and says that we should level Gaza. Well, do you know that Jordan Peterson works for the same firm that Ben Shapiro works for? Yes, he does. Oddly enough, they are on the same message. So this is, once again, if you play ball, if you say the right things, then the PR firm, they're going to scratch your back too and say, okay, we're going to elevate you in this direction and you'll have everything you could ever desire. So how do you get the Joe Rogan money? That's what we really want to know. How do we get the Joe Rogan money? How do we get the uh, Tucker Carlson money? Because he supposedly has interviewed uh, Julian Assange. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. I know. I, I, I can't know. wait. You know, when, I, I don't need money 
um, in that way in order to do what I want to do, because that's not at the, you don't start doing this for four years and for the last year and a half, every single day, because you're, you're getting rich, right? None of us are making, you know, bank that way. I'm Um, making tens of dollars. You do this because you know that there is a vacuum that needs this in some way, shape or form, and you're dedicated to it. And whatever comes out of that is the bonus of it, the fruits of the labor, so to speak. Right. And that's, that's, that's a benefit of it. Would I scoff at Spotify coming to me later on and going, Hey, here's a $70 million contract for the next 10 years. You're going to be exclusive. No, I would not. I'd be like, sure, Spotify, but I get to do whatever I want to do content wise. And that's going to be the agreement. You don't get to dictate anything else. I would, I would sign that, but only if I could have that independence. I lost my independence this week. Did you hear the story about what happened to me on TikTok? Yes, I did. I'm but maybe share. some people didn't. Yeah, I'm going to share this with the with the listening audience. So on uh, Tuesday night or Monday night, Monday night, one of these nights, I don't even know. It's all running together at this point. But I had on uh, a guest from Free Orchestra. And he was able to give me three court cases in Oregon that are currently showing election integrity issues. And as he's giving me these court cases, I'm bringing them up and finding out, wow, how this is not national news, because the evidence is right there in the dialogue of the court cases. You open up these dockets. Mm -hmm. So it's all factual. Well, when I post the video the first time, I have somebody tell me that I should go kill myself. Um, because I'm spreading election Jeez. stuff and they've been yeah, through right. this before. And I'm like, I'm not spreading anything. This is my guest. Number one, I'm a host of a show, but then I respond back to them and I'm like, use some critical thinking. You're acting like a clown. Like it's Halloween. I know that you want to be a clown for Halloween, but like, let's use some critical thinking skills and look at the court cases, you know, Washington County versus simple. Let's identify that. Let's talk about how it's real. Well, they removed my uh, comment for harassment and bullying because I said it's Halloween and you want to be a clown. And I told them (laughs) that they were not too intelligent. They needed to use their brain, uh, much like the Wizard of Oz. I then reported their comment telling me that I should go kill myself because I was curious how my comment was bullying and theirs is not. And TikTok said there was no violation with them telling me that I need to go kill myself, which was the first hypocrisy of TikTok. The second hypocrisy of TikTok is when people ask me, well, where's the smoking gun evidence? I uploaded the eight minute and 10 second long clip of him really detailing the evidence for the people that had the attention span to follow it. Right. I put that up. It stayed up for about 18 hours. TikTok removed it because they said they do not allow any conversation about election integrity on their site. That was the message that I got from TikTok. So I was censored uh, for that video as well. So if people understand this, you have a weaponization at this point in time where you're not allowed to share facts on any of these social media platforms. I think X is probably the only platform right now where things are not getting pulled off when people are just delivering the stories to individuals. TikTok isn't even a United States company. It's owned by the Chinese. Meanwhile, they have a United States branch that's removing this. But this goes into the whole conversation we were just talking about. When people can control what you're allowed to hear, what you're allowed to see, then the rest of the people get emboldened into their silo. They believe that their side is the correct side. And 
I don't think anyone realizes how much the machine is controlling them. And then where the hell are bands like Rage Against the Machine when the actual machine <laughs> is here? Is here. <laughs> where, where are they now? These these frauds. Tom Morello, you're a fraud. I hope this, I hope you see this because you guys cowered away in 2020. And now you want to do this reunion tour where you're coming out with Zach De La Rocha. Where was your voice about true fascism? Where was your voice about true censorship and weaponization of the machine against the people? They are frauds, Chris Michaels. These people I looked up to in music, all frauds. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, didn't they require people to have vaccine passports to see them in concert? They did. Rage Against the Machine? Yeah, Rage Against the Machine. And maybe don't rage too hard. Yeah. Right. It maybe just speak ill of others against the machine or speak ill against the machine. Don't rage against it because did we you, still require your vaccine passports. Did you hear the new Green Day song off their new album? No. no they have a new album not. coming out in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Their, their song is called The American Dream is Killing Me. Uh-huh. And they sing it over and over again. The American well, Dream is Killing Me. The American. You know what? The American Dream is what made you successful, you jackasses. Right. I hope this gets to you, Billy Joe. There was a day that I wanted to meet Green Day. <laughs> and so <another> bad. Thing. <laughs> yeah, and another thing. There was a day that I wanted to meet Green Day so bad. I, I really thought that they were true punk rocks, that they were truly. No. You know, no. These no. guys are frauds, too. They're all like. 55-year-old men now complain about how bad they have it as they've made hundreds of millions of dollars touring off being punk rock. And now they're like, screw America. The American dreams. You know what? Put this country up against any other country in the world. Let's do it. Let's talk about human rights. Let's talk about where the dream is going to be so much better, Green Day, and where you're going to have a better life. You may feel divided by the politics, but... Damn it, at least we're allowed to talk about it. At least we're allowed to vote still, hopefully, for what we want to see in the future. How is the American dream killing a band like Green Day? Right, right. And I never understood like the Me Too people and the Antifa people and especially hashtag resist. I got so much flack for, for asking people when I was on uh, the radio station. What exactly are you resisting? And nobody could give me a straight answer. And I'd be like, name a specific policy that you are resisting, that Trump is trying to impose upon society. And that, well, I I don't have time to go into this. What kind of response is that? Mm -hmm. And Green Day, when was the last time they had a good album? I mean, when September That was the last one. It was American Idiot in 2005. God. No, I mean, Dookie is probably it. That's where it ends. If you no, want real American Idiot was oh, a very good album. Uh, Chris, look, I, I know what? that's not your style of music. But well, if no, you look... no, music is my style of music. Yeah, no, but like that entire album is like the quadrophenia of punk rock. Like American Idiot was a solid album beginning to end. And All right. I'm not going to crap on, I'm not going to dookie on Green Day for that album. <laughs> that's... You know who's another idiot? Who, Eddie Vedder. Oh, Eddie Vedder. Oh, my God. Don't get me started. And look, look, look right up here. You see that Pearl Jam? Yeah. Uh huh. So, I mean, I was a huge uh, Pearl Jam Pearl fan. Jam. Yeah. But Eddie Vedder is off his rocker at this point in Insane. time. Insane. Talk about a guy who let the fame go to his head, but he's always been super left. Um, if you go back to like uh, the Versus album, Glorified G, uh, where he talks about gun rights and everything, 
and he was always kind of the me too guy before me too. So yeah, the, the writing was on the raw wall about Vetter uh, long ago. Um, you know, who's managed to kind of balance things pretty well. And I know that he's probably more left than uh, I would probably prefer, oh. but Dave, Dave Matthews. Yes, he is. Dave I'm Matthews. a fanatic. Yeah. <laughs> he finds a way to kind of stay in that lane of like, I understand I can't go too far. Yeah. Um, but he stays modern enough that I can listen to Dave Matthews and not be like, Oh gee, what's this guy doing? Um, yeah. I find yeah. he has I'll, I'll, he'll always endorse a Democrat candidate on his website. Uh, he'll send out an email saying you got to vote for Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden or whatever else. But during his concerts, he never says anything like that. Um, I think I told you over the summer when I saw him, um, the only colors that they really used Ukrainian. were Ukraine colors. Yeah. So, I mean, blue and yellow throughout the whole concert. But nobody picks up on that. That's a more subliminal message that they try I, to portray. You, you know, I love all the Ukrainian flags on social media profiles. Do you know why? Why? You point out the idiots? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can tell the people that just are going along with the program and what they've been told, yep. and they have not put any intellectual thought into anything anymore. Same thing with the people on Facebook that put those little circular banners over top of their stuff. I'm like, all right, slacktivist. I know, I know. exactly who you are. I know. You know I what mean, was really nauseating? The that? people that had the I got my COVID-19 vaccine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all I got was this myocarditis. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, Chris, I know a guest that we got a book for a future show. We got to tell What's everybody that? about this. So I was, uh, as I was driving into work the other day, the day job, right? I'm going into my teaching job and I hear this advertisement on television that I've never heard whatsoever. And it, it got my interest because after having just had my wrist problems and having carpal tunnel, I'm hearing them talk about if you are tired and you have carpal tunnel, you may want to talk to your doctor about blah, 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 blah. I can't even say this word no, whatsoever, right? It's, it's, it's so long. But at the end of that commercial, it says, this uh, message was brought to you by Visor. And I sat there and I was like, brought to us by Visor, huh? All right. So what's the odds that I type this into the Google search engine when I get the work and I find out that what they're talking about is called, and you can find this on the uh, Cleveland Clinic, transthyretin amyloidosis. All right. Have you ever heard of this before? A-T-T-R-C-M? Oh, yeah. I bring this up all the time at <laughs> dinner. No, of course not. <laughs> all right. Well, let me pull this up so, so people right, can no, no, let's, see. Let's see if I can figure it out. It's transthyroid? Yeah, <laughs> Is that it? No. No, it's no. not. That's the best part. All right. So I'm going to give you Visor's website because I want to get Dr. Peter McCullough on with us oh, that'd be great. to talk about this. It's ATTR cardiomyopathy, ATTR CM, which I've never heard of until the week primarily affects the heart as clumps of amyloid are deposited in the heart tissue. This affects the heart's ability to function properly. Symptoms are often similar to those of heart conditions, such as heart failure in a large heart. They include fatigue, leg ankle abdominal, shortness of breath, sudden drop in blood pressure upon standing, trouble breathing when laying down and irregular heartbeat. I have no idea where, you know, you can get carpal tunnel. Look at this carpal tunnel syndrome. Why is carpal tunnel what? and this protein problem linked? And furthermore, why is it at this point in time, after the mRNA vaccines, the advisor now is telling people that we could see people not have symptoms until their 70s or even later? Who's the majority of the population that went and got this? Why? Older people. Correct. 
So what is the probability that if this is a protein lipid problem of overproduction that causes heart failure and free the die, of which there's no true treatment, and Pfizer's putting this out there as a message after Pfizer put out a shot for the last three years, what's the probability that this is all connected? We got to get Peter McCullough. I got to. Yeah. Got to. I mean, it's this seems like one of those things where Pfizer knew of the adverse events that this kind of injection would cause. And they scooped up all of these other smaller pharmaceutical companies where they had a shortcoming in treatments for these adverse events. And then lo and behold, they're going to bring it to everybody. I mean, I brought this up on X a few times this week because I was paying attention to some COVID stuff because um, a very good friend of mine who's a doctor, um, he was explaining SV40 to me, which is, uh, I guess, the, the, the main component of the... Uh, what do they call it? The, the turbo cancers now that people are experiencing, particularly post-injection. Um, and basically, you're, you're finding out that these, uh, these spike proteins are constantly being created and there's no off switch. So how do you get around that and how do you change all of that? And the idea that they are promoting remdesivir or Plaxlovid, right? Those are repurposed AIDS drugs. So why are you giving post-vaccinated COVID sufferers AIDS drugs? Well, it says to me, just being capable of critical thought, that possibly they understand they gave these people some grade of autoimmune deficiency. VADES. Exactly. Vades. Now, this is not a very positive topic after we had all this no. manifestation. Talk. My God, what We're have we done? More negativity. Oh, let me ask you this question. Yeah. How would you get a transnational group? So global group. Oh, we're talking about trans things now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> By the way, the person that told you to drop dead. Yes. What color hair did they have? Do you know? I'm guessing it was pink, but I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a nice pastel blue. <laughs> Why do they all look like that? They all look the same. It's a mental illness. It seriously, it is. It really is. How do we get transnational groups mm-hmm. to manifest in a positive way, all using the same message? For example, and that we you, we I'm going to use COVID as an example, right? Every single country in the West had the same exact message, same exact policy, same exact cure. Mm-hmm. That is a homogenized message, very well coordinated, nonstop, no swaying from it. And also the mandates are good. Masks work. And so do the vaccines. Nobody could say otherwise. How do we get that same kind of energy across the globe with people that are capable of critical thought and having a steel ideal and message that cannot be swerved? I think one of the ways we could do that would be to do something simplistic, like since we have the ability to go live the way that we are, right? Finding enough like-minded individuals that can reach critical mass of people and then doing a show that is an hour of positivity and thought and messaging with an action plan that can people can take and go out there and say, all right, we got this. This is exactly you know what we're going to do in order to um, bring people into the next level of consciousness. So, um, I think f- for me, it would be, can we 
rally critical mass of numbers into a live space on social media where there's one message like team humanity and it gets repeated enough that it becomes popularized because we seem like we're living in a populist uh, type of country, uh, not country, world, where it's got to become uh, almost a viral sensation that people truly care about. Uh, you got to strike people's morals. I think you're right. I mean, I've been going back to Life Coach Chris on Wednesdays, too. So that's been fun. I've got a few compliments on that, which is it's interesting because you start to it's almost like you start to channel. You ever hear of automatic writing? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you, you basically channel messages and you just start writing whatever pops up into your head. And all of a sudden you got fun things, especially if you do mushrooms. So, I <laughs> no, I, it's I, all you. That's all no. you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, not recently. Um, but the idea that we, um, we need to start doing what you said, getting it into a live discourse or a dialogue where people can understand that there is positivity out there. We are not helpless. You don't have to listen to what they say on the news. You don't have to listen to the mainstream media and you certainly don't have to listen to school boards and local politicians, right? We're capable of thought. We're capable of critical thinking. We're not stupid. So that idea of what I brought back up is life coach, Chris, what are the, some of the smaller things that we can do on an individual level that can suddenly change our lives? And this week I brought up the fact that do we really know who we are? Mm. Like what really drives us? What would drive us? And I brought up as an example, well, I really want to jump out of an airplane. I mean, me personally, I don't, but I know some people, they maybe would like to skydive. But they don't because they judge themselves and they are fearful of other people judging them. But you can't do that. That's crazy. You can't do that. You might die. Or yourself, I don't want to do that because something awful may happen in my pants because I'm so scared as I come plummeting to the earth out of a perfectly good Mm -hmm. airplane. But you have to understand that that fear is a weak point. It's It's a very brittle wall. And if you're able to break through it, you can suddenly discover new aspects of yourself and new passions for yourself that you may not have realized. The idea of getting curious about what really drives you, getting curious about different interests that you always put on the back burner, you know? If, if you're thinking of two things at once, does that make you bi-curious? Yes. There you it go. It does. I knew that about you. Oh, God. <laughs> I just want you, to, I just want you to, to, to rub your beard. I hear you got ASMR for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a brilliant way to end the show. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> when Michaels and Bolden start getting uh, into this part of the goofiness, it means yeah, we've gone <laughs> too long here. We've 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 had it. We've oh done it. man! But no, this, this was an excellent show. In all seriousness, like we've got a good yeah. serious conversation, and maybe we did turn negative into Rage Against the Machine, Green Day, and all these things. But at the end of the day, they're necessary conversations in order to bring that positivity and figure out what is that action plan. And that's really what I want to focus on moving forward. I want to focus on if I'm going to cover things, I want to keep asking my guest and keep talking with you about how do we make it better, right? Let's let's be part of a solution not part of a problem. Uh, what do you got coming up next week on your shows? Do you know, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants? 
well, usually I just throw stuff at a wall and see where I get. <laughs> no, no. Uh, well, life coach Chris um, is going to be taking a ride down, uh, I guess, relationships a little bit um, and what it is to manifest. And I brought up a little idea of when you ask yourself a question, where do you feel your body when you give it an answer? So if you feel the answer that you're going to give, you feel that energy in your stomach, in the pit of your stomach, is that really where you want to follow, right? Should I go left or right? And you say right, and you feel that energy in your stomach, or do you feel it in your heart, your more heart chakra, right? If you feel it in your heart chakra, that's probably the way to go. And people should be more impulsive with their drive and what their intentions are. So I'll be going into that. I'm also having on somebody that I ran across on X, and I think she's fantastic. Uh, she, her profile is the commercially savvy lawyer, New York and the Middle East. And uh, she's over there in New York. She's going to talk about woke cities and all the nonsense that she's experiencing in New York City. And she's also going to talk about Israel and Gaza because nice. she has traveled all throughout the Middle East. So that should be a very interesting show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking that one out. That's that's awesome. Cool. All right. Well, what about every- you? Uh, next week, um, I am working on a guest that, uh, has not said yes yet. And, uh, yeah, I know. I I hate when that happens because I I would love to like be able to tease that out. Um, but I I have a couple different people that are, um, also probably going to be showing up again. Brian Fry, who was on with us uh, a few weeks ago, sent me, uh, some big information about these countries that are declaring war. Uh, against Israel and what that means with Iraq, China, and Russia and the oil supply. And so it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a follow-up. And so he messaged me with that post and was like, you know, I think that this is going to be really important. So I want to get that out to more people. So I'll probably have him at some point in time. And then Derek Bros, who spent time as a producer in Hollywood, uh, him and I have been talking and uh, I'd like to get him onto the show here as well. Uh, So people have to tune in and find out. I'm going to have, uh, kind of a, a range of different things between the America Out Loud Network and, and live next week. So we'll, we'll see Good. what happens. All so maybe right. I, I'm truly throwing things out a wall and making it. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. <laughs> all right, everybody. That is it, Chris. Thanks for to- joining us. Um, once again, that was a great time as my co-host doing this show. I appreciate your time and your energy here. I appreciate you having me on because you know what? We do need the levity. We have a lot of guests on. We talk about a lot of negative topics, but every once in a while, once a week, it's not a difficult thing to laugh a little bit with somebody that gets it. Yeah. It's nice to have a friend in all this, you know, it's important. (laughs) You got a friend. You just want steak. (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) no, you're right. You don't want the steak. (laughs) I was friends before the steak. All right, everybody, that is it. That is all. We hope that we honored your time well. What a phenomenal conversation today between Robert Zink. Make sure you're going over, checking out Law of Attraction Solutions. He was on the first half of the show, second half of the show with my good friend Chris Michaels, uh, talking up, really having a good time here. It's been a pleasure to bring this to you. We'll be back next week with another recap as well as more live content where you'll be able to check out everything. I'm looking forward to uh, bringing that all to you. We'll, we'll see, as uh, Chris said, you know, we'll throw some stuff at the wall, see what exactly sticks. 
You've all been watching and listening to America Emboldened with Greg Bolden and Chris Michaels, both here on the America Out Loud Network, as well as all of your social medias. Be bold, America. America.